Hey everyone, welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk. Today's episode is going to feature some of the rookie quarterbacks we saw drafted in this year's draft. And a little bit about their background, what they went through in college, and what kind of success will they have early on for the coming NFL season, which is starting to get a little bit worrisome because players are starting to opt out and for safety and health very important so we hope to have football in the fall and hopefully some of these players will get to get out there and start and start doing things so with that being said I want to talk about Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals Joe Burrow was drafted number one overall by the Bengals it was widely expected that they would do so homegrown kid Always had a feeling and attachment, I guess, to the Cincinnati Bengals, but he didn't really know if that was going to be his landing spot when this whole draft process started. And things kind of shaped out that way, nonetheless. Joe Burrow played for the LSU Tigers, and he capped off one of the greatest regular seasons by a quarterback in college football history and I'll get into that a little bit soon but he started his college football career playing as a backup to Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State Burrow saw that Haskins was next in line to be the starting quarterback for the Buckeyes and he wanted an opportunity to play and be a starter somewhere so he transferred to LSU, where he really came on strong, earned his place as a starter early in, I think it was a sophomore year, I believe, where he started to really play well, show some signs that he could be a really good quarterback. And the LSU Tigers had just a faith and belief that he could really take this team far if given more time to you know experience things get more reps and Burrow really took off in this past season where he just set a lot of school records along the way under Joe Brady and and Les Miles and the system that they were running you know, Burrow ascended very quickly to the top. Now, for most people though, who don't know, Joe Burrow's father, Jim Burrow, played in the NFL, CFL, and was involved in coaching for Nebraska. So altogether, his experiences playing the NFL, the CFL, coaching Nebraska, you know, 40 years of experience and just being able to kind of guide Joe Burrow along the way, help him in his ascension as a quarterback and getting more comfortable with things that were shaping up for him as he was being recruited and, you know, he started out at a tough spot in Ohio State, you know, had to really get himself up there and work hard to make it happen. And so, 
just seeing how Joe Burrow learned from his father and his experiences in the NFL and the CFL and going through very similar experiences that Burrow faced at LSU. You know, Burrow really took all those things in stride and displayed great leadership on the football field. You saw levels of excellence from him on and off the field. And for Burrow, the most important thing for him was just to get out there with his teammates, ability to lead his teammates, talk them up, get them motivated. And he captured the national championship against the Clemson Tigers, which he put forth an incredible offensive performance in that game. Was off as the MVP of that game. Won their first championship since 2007. And looking at the season that he had, 60 touchdowns. 5,700 yards passing, six interceptions. I mean, the touchdown to interception ratio is simply amazing. Didn't make a lot of mistakes. Really was sound throughout his time at LSU. And that's mostly because of the way the system was, but also the way he was coached and how he was as a person where, you know, he didn't get too uh, arrogant and, and flashy with his ability. But he really made plays on the on the on the field. See that very apparently, you know, his running ability, very underrated. Really got out of trouble, certain situations. Made play with his arms, his legs. He's got a really good deep ball touch as well. So, one of the best seasons in college football history under Les Miles and Joe Brady. Now the thing going ahead for Joe Burrow is that he's part joining a team in the Bengals who haven't really won a playoff game in over I don't know ten years or so. Marvin Lewis was there before. Now you have Zach Taylor. Bengals still have some good pieces like Joe Mixon, AJ Green, but Joe Burrow is coming in to a franchise that hasn't been sound, hasn't won a lot of games. And you question whether or not they're going to be able to, to put around the right pieces around him in order to be successful. Now, Joe Burrow loves challenges. He loves taking on things in the best way that he can. And I fully expect him to do the same thing in Cincinnati. I had mentioned that most of the teams have improved in the AFC North. I would say that at this moment... You could say that about Joe Burrow as well and the Bengals. They have improved. AJ Green was not healthy last season. Mixon wasn't himself. Their pieces really didn't fall into play. They had some tough injury players go you know go down. So they have drafted some players in this year's draft that can really help Joe Burrow overall. It's gonna come down to how well can he play under a new offensive coordinator, new system. Most people were saying that he was a product of the LSU system where they had the greatest receivers, running backs. Really an amazing offense where constantly in the spread offense and 
I mean, he would drop back during games as well, but you could just see him excel with the offense being spread out. So, going to the next level in the NFL, he's going to go up against the Baltimore Ravens defense, the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, and a variety of other defenses that will throw a lot of things on his plate at him. His learning curve is great. Can he keep that up at the NFL? Remains to be seen because across the board he checks all the boxes, a great arm, great ability to, to lead and really throw in the pocket. He can really throw in the pocket well as well, you know. That's apparent. You've seen those highlights in the, in the national championship game where he really made a lot of good throws just in the pocket and stepping up. So he's got poise, he's got good decision making. It comes down to how well can he put, put that forward in the NFL. Cincinnati doesn't have the best offensive line. They have a decent receiving core. But as a team, they're going to go as far as he takes them. And seeing what he has done throughout his time in college, you would expect to see him play really well. But he will have the ups and downs as any quarterback will have in in this year. And how are this how are things kind of shape out with this NFL season? Still, a lot of things will be determined for games to get going. But if he's not able to get going early, then you know you'll see them try to focus the offense around him using the running game. I don't expect Joe Burrow to win Rookie of the Year. Does he have a chance? Sure, he does. But. Playing in Cincinnati with that team that they have around him constructed right now, it's hard to say they're going to be really better than last season. I think they'll win some more games, and he's going to continue to progress over time. But what the Bengals do with Zach Taylor and that coaching staff is critical to his development, and you just hope that he's able to overcome all those changes in the organization, to the structure, and players coming and going and how they're going to add some pieces around him in the years to come. He did end up signing a rookie contract very recently so he's all in. He wants to do well and he has the the responsibility and task at hand of changing the franchise around getting them back to winning ways and I'm excited to see what he does with that coming up. So, the next quarterback that I want to talk about is Tua. Tua was drafted number overall by the Miami Dolphins at the fifth spot. Before the draft, there were a lot of concerns about Tua and his ability to stay healthy and and just get through the things he had to face. Tua made his presence known in college football when he replaced Jalen Hurts in the halftime of the 2017 national championship game in that game Tua took over in that second half Nick Saban decided to make a switch they were not doing so well against Clemson sorry not Clemson I believe it was Georgia it was Georgia and you know he helped lead that comeback where he ended up throwing a game winning touchdown in overtime Tua's 22 years old a very promising future, in my view, despite what the skeptics have been saying about his injury and his health going forward. It's fair to ask those things because he is 
you know, about six feet tall, very similar to Drew Brees, I would say, almost similar in many different ways. That was a lot of comparisons that were being drawn by NFL analysts leading up to the draft. So Tua, you know, made his presence known by winning that winning that national championship game, and he just continued to rise after that, where he was named Offensive MVP, and then the following season he put some really good um, plays in there, where like you could see him just use his ability to to stretch the field and. And, and just extend plays and try to do a lot more than expected. So he ended up having a really good season. And one of the things to know about Tua is that, you know, he enjoyed playing football at a very early age. He enjoyed the interactions he had with his family. And just seeing how he was able to just constantly put up a lot of highlight reels, throw a lot of touchdown passes, the deep ball, the accuracy was tremendous at times. Now, in the game against Clemson, he you know he had a rough go, two touchdowns, two picks, but you could just see that Alabama took on a new kind of identity with him playing. They were a team that was so run-oriented and defensively like stout that when it came to Tua and taking over they became offensive juggernaut and you could see guys like Jared Judy succeed and Ruggs as well so Tua ended up throwing for like I think 30 touchdowns and six picks and just showing that passing ability on display where Alabama was one of the best offenses in the, in the, in the, in the nation it didn't translate to you know, another championship. They, they, they couldn't go back-to-back, back, but Tua played tremendous in those two years leading up to the third uh, junior season, which uh, didn't end so well for Tua. And the reason why that didn't end so well is because he suffered a lot of small ankle injuries in his final season with Alabama. So he was really nicked up a lot. And then he ended up suffering a dislocated hip, which really took him out of action for the rest of the season. And so teams were speaking highly about Tua and Burrow as one, two, kind of the quarterbacks who will go up first in the draft. And Tua was playing exceptional. He had played in, uh, I would say, a bit more of meaningful games, uh, harder competition in the SEC. Now, of course, Joe Burrow also played some good teams in, in the SEC, but I would say before uh, you know Burrow came to the SEC, the year before when Tua took over, you know that was a really a tough environment, and he proved a lot about himself and to his teammates in that time, where he really stepped up as a leader and played exceptionally well. And he was having a good season. Alabama was in the conference because of his efforts mostly and so now after he suffered that dislocated hip and that injury he really had to begin that process of rehabbing the six or seven eight months to rehab to really prove to teams 
by the time the draft was going to come up. So season ended for him in early September, October, and he just really had to work on his rehab and improving that he could be healthy come the time of the NFL draft. So he started preparing for the draft really well, uh, trying to get his body in shape, work out with the trainers at Alabama to improve his draft stock. Tua improved his draft stock by continuing to impress in terms of his meetings with teams as the drafts got closer and closer to having those things. So Miami was able to sneak out a workout before everything had happened with the pandemic. And Tua had also had posted his pro day workout a video as well, kind of showing his ability to recover move his hips well, make make the throws. So Tua, after whatever he experienced, which was not a good ending to his Alabama career, he had shown enough ability for teams to really think about him as a long-term answer. And Miami, having passed on a quarterback like Drew Brees when he was available back then in the draft, they didn't want to make the mistake of passing on a talent like Tua. For his leadership, his ability to play in big games really attracted you know, Brian Flores and that front office. And the constant theme among all of those scouts and players and meetings were like, Tua is going to be a great quarterback if given the time and to, to heal up and take care of his body. Now, he just cleared his physical as of today, so... Tua is going to be competing with Ryan Fitzpatrick for the starting quarterback job in Miami. Fitzpatrick having so many years of experience in the short and off season, most likely we're going to see Ryan Fitzpatrick get the nod to start in the opening games. But Tua has a unique ability to play well, to play with an offense that could utilize his strengths really really well in terms of the deep ball and the play action which he's very good in play action there's no doubt about that his play action ability to get the ball down the field is tremendous one of the things that Tua must do to be durable and successful in the NFL is he's gonna have to avoid taking those big hits because one of the things that Nick Saban had referenced a lot throughout Tua's time in Alabama was that you know Tua tried to make something happen even if he knew even if it wasn't gonna like ball was gonna, gonna get there he just tried to do a little bit extra on a lot of different plays an extra effort is great for an NFL player sorry for a college football player but for NFL players if you try to do too much in a tight spot when you're getting chased by DBs and guys who are much much faster and stronger than you you get hit it's not a good thing Taking those late game shots are, are, aren't a good thing. So Tua has played a certain style where he loves to get on the run, make plays with his feet, step up and get in the pocket and make those throws, which he can still do on a consistent basis. He's been part of many memorable performances against the LSU Tigers, Clemson, Ohio State. Um, you know, the list goes on and on. 
but for him to be successful and, and for Miami's investment in him, he's gonna have to change the style of play. He is a good pocket passer from what I've seen of him. He does have a good ability to get the ball down the field, make all the throws that you want him to make. Question with two is his health and his durability. Can his style of play work in the NFL? And with a coaching staff that had success towards the end of last year, I expect Tua to play this season. I would say it will be very late, although. And it's only going to happen on one condition. If Miami doesn't have a good record, let's say by week 9 or week 10, if they're like completely out of it, if they're 3-7, and seven, I think you're going to see Tua have his debut. He's got a lot of promise, a lot of potential to do great things for the Miami Dolphins. They've acquired a lot of picks, which they've utilized to fill holes on their roster. They're going to be a good team with him at the forefront. I think that if he continues to get his body right and he's able to learn the playbook really well and take care of himself, Avoid taking those big shots that, you know, in the NFL, we see a lot of quarterbacks get hit really uh, violently and, and you know, blindsided. And, you know, can he absorb the hits and get back up and still be exceptional? That's something to watch, and we should definitely, definitely be rooting for Tua to get an opportunity to play this season. And now this will bring me to my final quarterback, rookie quarterback who was drafted. The three that I think are really important and have a lot riding on them this season and for years to come is Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was drafted by the LA Chargers, sixth overall, right after Tua. The Chargers and Dolphins were kind of going back and forth on who they really wanted. And Miami ended up taking Tua and the Chargers got Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert reminds me of Eli Manning in a lot of different ways. But in Herbert's case, Herbert has proven to be... ...more efficient. Justin Herbert has consistently in college while playing for Oregon shown the ability to make plays and play in some big games so when I compare him to Eli Manley I'm not comparing him in terms of just the ability to play I'm talking about in terms of his leadership and style Hubbard's really quiet has had a personality where he just really likes to engage with guys in a humor kind of way just like Eli but he's so gifted and he's one of the most physically talented guys that were being talked about in the draft so just looking at Herbert's background and what he what he kind of did he played football basketball and baseball during high school and you know, as he was playing at Oregon, he continued to develop those skills where he could really learn the playbook well, make it easier on the offense, and 
just seen how he was able to execute and play well at times speaks to how good that he can be at the next level. I think in the Chargers case, they already have a lot of weapons on this team and they're gonna get younger and better as time goes on. You know, he did overcome a leg injury in the post uh, in the junior season and as I mentioned before he had really come on strong, played well towards the end of the season in the Rose Bowl and winning that. So Herbert's been very successful at Oregon. Obviously, they couldn't capture that national championship that they would like to do, but getting to the Rose Bowl, setting the school records along the way, being touted as one of the best quarterbacks coming into this year's draft, you just saw a level of excellence. And then on his pro day, he looked really good. I think that as more people got to get in the room with him and understand him, just saw how great of a guy he was, you know, his father, his mother, the background of his, of him coming up and the things that he was doing. You know, he was spoken highly among his peers and a lot of glowing praise about him. Now coming to the next level is all about that leadership and being able to take on that role. So I think that in his interviews and what you've seen is that he's very, very simple, humble, focused, I think he has that ability to lead a locker room for guys and be outspoken. I think for Eli Manning, it happened as he got to get more comfortable with the players around. And so, in Herbert's case, he's very gifted, 6'6", has a great pocket status, you know, awareness, can really deliver the ball well. There are some times where he may struggle with some things. And it's going to be an adjustment period because just seeing how well he can shape the ball and get it out. If he has to drop back a lot, which is expected of most quarterbacks, I think you'll see him kind of figure his way out. Now, with the short and off season, and the Chargers have done this off season. They are expected to go with Tyrod Taylor as their starting quarterback. And Herbert is viewed as someone that will be getting an opportunity at some point, but nobody really knows when that's going to happen. Just looking at the Chargers as a whole, they have a team that can win right now with the defense that they put together. So, you know... Lynn is going with someone that he knows from his time in the AFC East. Tyrod Taylor deserves a fair shot, but Herbert is the guy for the future. He's got great size, great abilities, doesn't fumble the ball a lot. He's an underrated runner as well. He can make plays with his, his legs as well. So Herbert has a very good chance to be a good quarterback I think he will be a successful starting quarterback with his big arm and his ability to extend and be physically dominant where he can avoid sacks get out of trouble and not easily taken down so all things are a plus 
he did get on the practice field recently, so Chargers are getting a look at him now, and I think that if he continues to grow and develop as a leader on and off the court, if he continues to speak up and get more, even more involved with things that are happening, then he's going to really take off. I think the Chargers are very excited. They had no questions about his leadership ability and his ability to do a lot of things. They believe in him. They believe in his growth. And, you know, he has ways to go with the season that's coming up. You know, we hope that there are games played and teams are able to just show us all they got. Will he start this season? It's hard to say. I don't think the Chargers want to rush his development. I think they want to give him time to learn. So I think they're going to stick it out with Tyrod Taylor. And I think he's only going to get a shot to play if, by some chance, if unfortunately it does happen. And I don't wish this upon Tyrod Taylor. But if he's not able to stay healthy, let's say, or he's got to miss some games this season, then and Herbert's the one that will be... You know, taking over so getting him the right amount of coaching is important because he was used to playing in Oregon and the offense might be very similar that he he was kind of running at Oregon but there's obviously going to be a lot of wrinkles and changes in this offense he's going to have to adjust to the benefit that he has going for him is that the Chargers have a good team that is built really well on the offensive line and so they're gonna try to keep the ball in Tyrod Taylor's hands and try to use their running game and their defense to win games but if Tyrod Taylor is not getting it going early if they're not if they're not getting the offense going not scoring enough points could I see them make a quarterback change absolutely because the Chargers have been close for a lot of years. And one thing that's, that's impacted their ability to compete at well is getting a good quarterback play. Now, Rivers was exceptional at times, but they couldn't just make it happen. They lost some tough games. And Herbert has proven to be a winner in most, in most games. Even though their record, when they started out at Oregon, they, didn't really, they weren't really a winning team. And Herbert changed that around slowly. And he learned from a lot of things along the way to become a better quarterback. So I think if the Chargers are going to go into this season and they, they don't get the desired production from Tyrod Taylor, they're not winning games the way they're supposed to be winning games, Herbert's going to get an opportunity. He, along with Joe Burrow and Tua, is a, you know, they're going to be exciting players to watch in the years to come. Can I say for sure who's going to be the best quarterback in the next four to five years? Look, the coaching situations are always going to change. Players are going to change. Coaching staffs are, are always going to update and refine their system. So just looking at the current landscape and how these three teams are going to be in the future to come, I think that you'll see Tua and Burrow get on the field a little bit more earlier. Definitely Burrow than Justin Herbert. But I think that 
comes down to how well these guys are developed, how their skill sets are used, how they mature into using their their mind and their body really, really well. And if they're able to progress and have some continuity in terms of their coaches and what, and what they're learning, then the sky's the limit. I think all three will be really good quarterbacks and they are going to be evaluated, you know, broken down in a lot of different ways. So you want to see improvement from all these players. It may not happen right in this first season because of the things that are going to happen with the NFL season and how things might be shortened or reduced. So we have to expect some limited action from these guys. In Burrow's case, I expect him to just really go through the pains of being a quarterback. Cincinnati, he will most likely get the opening day start. That's pretty much a guarantee. And he'll get the opportunity to play and try to play against Lamar Jackson and Ben Roethlisberger and Baker Mayfield. So exciting matchups are all going to be on the way for Joe Burrow along with Tua when he gets an opportunity to play in Miami. And Herbert is sitting in the wings in, in L.A. And I fully expect him to get a shot. It all depends on how the Chargers are this season. If they're going to be competitive enough to challenge the Chiefs. And looking at all these quarterbacks, they've had incredible stories, incredible journey to the NFL. They're just getting started and they have a lot of things to accomplish, which I'm looking forward to talking about in the coming years as they develop into starting quarterbacks.